Hello everyone, my name is Maka and you're listening to Surviving Echo with Feko. Enjoy. What's good Lagos? It's Feko and this is another episode of the Surviving Echo podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed our last episode um, where we talked about the NSAS Memorial and what happened at the Lekki toll gates. Um, shout out to everyone who came out. Once again, we've proven that this is not a generation to be messed with. Shout out to Fowles, shout out to Mr. Macaroni, and shout out to some of those protesters that got arrested but later got released. I mean, if we keep doing this every year, perhaps one day they'll understand that this is not a joke. And as regards the NSAS Memorial, you remember the Uber driver we spoke about, um, Dotun, who was harassed by um, the Nigerian police. Apparently, his car was returned, but um, we learned that the windscreen of the car was damaged. Like, come on. After everything they did to him, they still had the guts, you know, to damage the windscreen of his car. That's really, really sad. If it was in the same country, um, he has every right to sue the police. He has every right to sue the Lagos state government, as a matter of fact. But, you know, this is Nigeria. <laughs> like Fowles would say, but we hope that someday um, we won't allow things like this to, to be swept under the carpet. And um, the story for today or the story we're going to be talking about on this episode is um, the Lagos State Airport. That's the international airport at Ikeja. So recently, an American lady who just flew into the country, no, it wasn't this year it happened. I think it happened last year. Yeah, December 2020 to expose some of the wrongdoings at the airport so check out the snippets and um, at regular intervals there'll be pauses for me to react to some of the things she said um, i'll be right back i'm gonna talk about the first time i've ever came into the airport in lagos nigeria and i'm gonna talk about the last time that i left so when you're coming from America or any foreign place into Nigeria, automatically they think you're rich. And because their government is so corrupt to the people and they don't care about the people, the people see you and not all people in Nigeria, and I'm not saying this disclaimer, this is not every worker in the airport, this is not everybody in the Nigerian airport. So I came into the airport in December of 2020. It was my first time ever being into Africa and my first time being into Nigeria. And I was super excited to go and be with my husband and his family in this new country of Nigeria. So when I came into the country and into the airport, one of the first things I noticed is that the workers looked at you and prayed on you as if you're a person and an opportunity for extra money. These are things that a lot of Nigerians are used to, which we're not meant to be used to. And um, a lot of people reacted to, to that story. And that's why we are also reacting to the story. Um, a friend of mine, Chacha, who's from Indonesia, uh, she she said, as if she was the one, she would start to speak pidgin. And those officers would have run away. It's strange when you find a foreigner speaking your language. You'd be like, ah, I'm on a bad market, be this old. I don't know if you get what I mean. So assuming she spoke the lingo they understood, perhaps they would have allowed her to go. But then she was helpless at that moment. 
It's a friend of my Maka, who um, is a soul singer. I think she was leaving the country recently and she said she had a similar experience. Um, she had to start shouting and then she demanded to speak to the person who was in charge. Next thing that happened was the guy who was requesting for a bribe disappeared. <laughs> like the guy just disappeared into thin air and um, the guy's colleague immediately stamped her passport. I think it's becoming a trend like in Nigeria, if if people do something bad to you, even at the bank, a telecom company, and you go to their customer service department, I think it's until you start shouting or until you start raising your voice, that's when they'll take you seriously. I don't know why that is so, but I think the only language you understand in this country is violence. And it's funny how, you know, everyone came out to tell their own story. I also have my own story, but we'll get to that much later. So firstly, what you should know is that your significant other is not allowed to enter in to the airport to help you with bags, to help you check in, to help you understand the language. And the reason why they do that is so therefore they can take advantage of you and take advantage of the situation and lie to you about your paperwork. Okay, so according to her, she said her significant other was not allowed to enter the lobby to help her with her bags. And it's true. I mean, this this happens a lot. Um, and our reason for this is that a significant other won't help her translate the language. <laughs> it's funny because Nigeria is an English-speaking country. But then we have like 10 other languages. You can't blame her. And which is why I've been taking my Swahili lesson seriously. Shout out to all my Kenyan friends. Well, I've been teaching me Swahili. I know words like uh, nakupenda. Nakupenda is very common. If you don't know na- the meaning of nakupenda, it's almost like coming to Nigeria and you don't know the meaning of um, wahala, wanyash. <laughs> I also know abari yako, which means how are you? Um, umu umekula, which is have you eaten? I don't know if I'm saying this correctly, but it is what it is. And cases like this will make inventions like, um, you know, wireless earbuds that can translate over 40 languages come in very handy. Shout out to the Ghanaian British entrepreneur who invented that. Imagine you're at the airport and someone is saying something really bad about you and you have your airports. You might think you're just listening to music, not knowing you're actually um, comprehending what they're saying. I think that would be really cool. I've even heard of cases where guys had to bribe their way in just to say goodbye to their loved one, their wives, or their families and children. They had to pay the person that was standing at the door just to come in to help. Yes, it's a fact. Um, We also learned that family members have to pay the security before they can go in and bid their loved ones goodbye. That's ridiculous. I remember um, when my younger brother was leaving the country. We get into the airport. um, We're not allowed to go in with him. Yeah. And they said the lobby was just meant for people that were checking in. If you're a family member, just one family member was allowed to go in. So we had to pay. Yeah, I know it's not right, but we just had to pay. And eventually they allowed us in. It doesn't make sense at all. And I feel if I pay that kind of money or if I should bribe them, which is not right in quotes, but if I should bribe them, I think I deserve a receipt. Or don't you think so? So that next time when I come there, I won't be asked to pay again. That receipt is meant to be valid for life. (laughs) You get me? And you know one thing, the, the, the Lagos airport is like the only airport where you have to pay 
to use a trolley. You know, some people pay like 2,000 Naira. Some pay 1,500 Naira if they're in a good mood. You know, they might give you that discount. Hi, it's your girl Flo and you are listening to Surviving Echo with Feko. Before you come into the Nigeria, it's to make sure that all your paperwork is correct. All your immunizations is correct. Make sure everything has been crossed and dotted. So, in stating so, when I went on the portal, the Nigerian portal, and I would list that site, I made sure that I had made an appointment for my seven-day COVID test. I did not pay for it, but I had the barcode and the scanner. And because I did not pay for it, and I don't have to pay for it at the time, I can pay for it when I go to the facility, the young lady said to me, and she asked me for a bribe in order for me to enter the country, knowing that I paid a lot of money to get there, that, hmm, maybe another 20 to $50 more, I'm going to give it to her because after paying all these thousands of dollars and I made it this far, she's going to give me some more money. And as regards the paperwork, sometimes people are asked to pay between 25,000 Naira to 50,000 Naira for their COVID test. Now the question is, what's the purpose of the barcode on your test results? Is it not for validation or for verification? So why do you have to go through the stress of running the test at one of their accredited centers if they won't be using that document? It doesn't make any sense to me. So in that case, I think if they don't trust their own document, then maybe they can employ the services of um, a babalao or a psychic, somebody that can assess if we have uh, COVID or not. Maybe that would work, you know. Now, um, from this story, we observed that this lady recorded everything with her phone camera. And well, in times like this, I think the phone camera is more effective than the CCTV camera at the airport because you can actually use this as evidence. If tomorrow they come up and say, oh, you were a terrorist or you were constituting nuisance and whatnot, blah, blah, blah. At least you have something to show that you were just exercising your rights. I think the Federal Airport Authority of Nigeria, which was founded in 1935, wait, let that sink in. FAN was founded in 1935. That's like 86 years ago. And this is 2021. We're still experiencing um, bullshit like this. Doesn't make sense at all. So um, they should do what they are responsible for. And they are saddled with the responsibility of managing the commercial airports in Nigeria and also providing services to both passengers and cargo airlines. Not just the cargo airlines, the passengers. So they need to treat the passengers with respect, with every respect they deserve. So uh, we're appealing to Otumba Niyi, Adebayo, and Captain Rabiu to do the needful and put their boys in check. Also, maybe the Lagos State government can look into this issue because honestly, um, it's not looking good for our image. You know, when foreigners are looking at us like this or having this perception about us or this impression about us, it's not a good thing for our tourism sector especially so something needs to be done about that so basically um this episode we just thought we should react to that story and also lend our voice to that issue and appeal to the authorities that are in charge to do the needful and make sure that things like this don't occur again um if this is your first time of listening to the surviving echo podcast make sure you subscribe to our podcast and follow us on our social media platform at surviving echo 
Um, once again, it's your boy Feco, and we've come to the end of this episode. Um, until the next time <laughs> we meet again, I remain your boy, and I'm out. <laughs> <laughs>